If you have your Bibles this morning, we're going to open to John chapter 8. We're going to look there today. You know, I'm convinced in some ways children are far wiser than adults. Because kids at least know that there are certain things that are absolutely true. I came across this list of great truths about life that children have learned and completely believe. Like this, no matter how hard you try, you cannot baptize cats. When your mom is mad at your dad, don't let her brush your hair. If your sister hits you, don't hit her back. They always catch the second person. Never ask your three-year-old brother to hold a tomato. You can't trust dogs to watch your food. Puppies all have bad breath, even after eating a Tic Tac. Never hold a dustbuster and a cat at the same time. Never wear polka-dotted underwear under a white dress. And finally, you cannot hide a piece of broccoli in a glass of milk. <laughs> See, children are wise enough to believe that there are some things that are absolutely true. But unfortunately, adults are becoming an increasingly different matter. For the first time in the history of our nation, we are living in a society that is rejecting the notion of absolute truth. Listen to these two statements. There are no absolutes, and all truth is relative. According to a recent Gallup poll, 72% of adults agreed there is no such thing as absolute truth. Now compare that with the fact that in 1962, a Gallup poll showed 84% of adults believed in the existence of absolute truth. And sadly, what's true in our society is true in school. A late professor, Alan Bloom, in his book, The Closing of the American Mind, made this statement. There is one thing a professor can be certain of. Almost every student entering the university believes, or says he believes, truth is relative. Maybe you've heard about the teacher who said to his class, you can know nothing for certain. And one student raised his hand, he said, are you sure? And the teacher said, yes, I'm certain. <laughs> See, that may not surprise us. But the real shocker is not only is it true in society and true in school, it's becoming true in the church. The pollster George Barna discovered that although 88% of people in evangelical churches say the Bible is the infallible word of God, 53% say there is no such thing as absolute truth. What's even more alarming is that the percentage of youth in our churches who do not believe in absolute truth is the same percentage as youth who do not attend church. And our mainland Protestant churches, 78% of members reject the existence of moral absolutes. But you see, if there's no such thing as truth, then Jesus was not only not a great teacher, he was either a fool or a liar. He said this in John 18, For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. See, we have to, in our generation, pass on to the next generation the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth about the truth. See, Jesus, in one statement, tells us the truth about truth. There's a danger when we attack the truth. Charles Colson said it's the cultural crisis of our time. John MacArthur said it's a frontal assault on the very person and character of God. 
Josh McDowell said it's the last step on the road to anarchy. Pope John Paul II said it's the undermining, the very foundation of all mor morality. Now what are they so upset about? The rejection of truth. See, today, principled conviction has been replaced by political correctness. Truth has been silenced by the muzzle of tolerance. There was a cartoon in USA Today that had a picture of a young George Washington holding a hatchet in one hand, kneeling beside a felled cherry tree. In the cartoon, he's looking at his father, and he said, Dad, my teacher said I cannot tell a lie, but I cannot tell the truth, and I cannot tell the difference. That's what we've been teaching this present generation. From the first grade classroom to the PhD seminar, tolerance has become the buzzword. And when we stand for truth, we become intolerant, arrogant, extremists. But you see, the great enemy of truth is tolerance. I'm convinced that so much of this tolerance is just simply a cloak for hypocrisy. There's no room for tolerance in so many areas of life. Think about it. There's no room for tolerance in the chemical lab. Water is composed of two parts hydrogen, one part oxygen. The slightest deviation is forbidden. There's no room for tolerance in music. The director cannot permit the first violinist to play even so much as one half note off of the written note, chord, or key. There's no room for tolerance in math. Neither geometry, calculus, trigonometry, none of that allows for any variation from exact accuracy. The solution of any mathematical problem is either right or it's wrong. There's no room for tolerance in biology. One contradictory result out of a thousand experiments invalidates a theory. There's no room for tolerance on the athletic field. Everyone is expected to play by the same rules. And yet... We're told that when it comes to morality and righteousness and holiness, we should be tolerant. But I believe that when it comes to salvation and heaven and hell and abortion and pornography and obscenities and right and wrong, the word is not tolerance. The word is truth. And you know why people are so anxious to deny the reality of truth? It's because when you deny the reality of truth, you deny the realities of God. Think about it. If something is absolute, it is free from error. It is perfect. So to say that there are no absolutes is to say that there is no God. Because God is the ultimate absolute. God in his character and in his being have no error, no imperfections and no flaws. And no limit. So to reject any absolute is to reject the supreme absolute. But also to deny truth you're denying the word of God. Jesus said that truth is found in God's word. John 17, 17, it says, your word is truth. So if you deny truth, you must deny God's word. And if you're denying truth, you're also denying the son of God. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the father except through me. And this is dangerous because when you take away the God of the Word and when you take away the Word of God, you take away the only objective basis for morality and purity. Because without God, without the Bible, right and wrong just become a matter of personal opinion. 
there were two guys who got into an argument. And they went to a wise man who lived in the village in order to settle this argument because they couldn't do it themselves. So one day, the first guy went to the wise man and he sat down and he explained his side of the story. And the wise man looked at him and he said, you're exactly right. And with a smug, satisfied look, the guy got up and left. The next day, the other guy came in and told the wise man his side of the story. And the wise man looked at him and said, you're absolutely right. And with a smug, satisfied look, he got up and left. And the wise man's wife, who overheard both conversations, came in and confronted her husband. And she said, listen, one man came into this room with one story, another man came into the room with another story, and you told both of them they were right. Both men can't be right. And the husband looked at his wife and said, you're absolutely right. <laughs> See, without God, without the Bible... Everyone can be right. Everyone can be wrong. Or nobody can be right and nobody can be wrong. Because right and wrong is only determined by one thing, truth. And that is truth that is based on God and His Word. And if there is no absolute truth, then it's logical that activists fight for the rights of endangered baby seals and don't blink an eye at abortion of unborn babies. See, behavior is determined by your belief. So when truth goes out the window, so do two other things. First, morality. Josh McDowell hired the Barna Research Group and questioned 4,000 church-going youth from all different denominations. And the survey revealed in the last three months, 66% of those kids had lied to a parent, teacher, or adult. 59% had lied to a friend. And 36% had cheated on exams. And connect that with this. 57% of them said they do not believe in absolute truth. <laughs> but the other thing that goes out the window with truth is justice. See, in a court of law, a witness is called upon to swear that he will tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Why? Because without truth, there could be no justice. Because justice is based on truth. There's also, though, a delight in affirming the truth. See, Jesus came and he did not say, you shall know a truth. Jesus said, you shall know the truth. And where is that truth found? Again, he said, your word is truth. The Bible is the ultimate source of truth. And the reason the Bible must be the source of truth is because it is the word of God. And the Word of God is what God says. And God says truth. See, God does not say something because it's true. Something is true because God says it. And because God is eternal, His truth is eternal. Psalms 100 verse 5. His truth endures all generations. Truth that is absolute never becomes obsolete. Think about it. What was true 4,000 years ago? will still be true 4,000 years from now. Someone said that truth can be tampered with, tinkered with, redecorated, and camouflaged, but it will never change. There was a story of an old man that went to see a friend of his, and he was a music teacher. And he asked him, he said, what's the good news today? And the teacher got up, and he walked across the room, and he picked up a hammer and a tuning fork, and he struck it, and this note rang out. And the music teacher said, this is an A. It is an A today 
It will be an A tomorrow. It will be an A 5,000 years from now. The soprano upstairs is singing off key. The tenor across the hall is flattening his high notes. The piano downstairs is terribly out of tune. He said, but this is an A. Always has been, always will be. That's the good news. See, truth may be out of fashion. It may be out of favor. It may be out of friends. But truth is never out of date. It is always eternal. But Jesus not only said that there's an absolute truth you can know. He said, you can absolutely know the truth. He said, you shall know the truth. See, there's a school of thought today that doesn't just necessarily deny truth. It just says nobody can know it. But what good is truth if you cannot know it? I mean, sadly, the very statement that you cannot know the truth is a truth in itself, isn't it? So if you cannot know truth, you cannot even know whether that statement is true or not. But the reality is the God of truth has not only given us his truth, he's graced us with the ability to know it. Jesus said in John 16, 13, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. And that's important because morality and justice and right and wrong, it's all based on truth and the ability to know it. If something is wrong, it must be because it doesn't measure up to what is right. But what is right must be measured on a standard of unchanging truth. See, that's why there's been such an effort to remove God and the Bible from our society and from our schools. When you take truth out of life, when you take God out of life, then you become your own God. You determine your own truth. You can determine what's right and wrong for you and every man and woman can do what is right in their own eyes. There was a guy that walked to work every day and he would always stop at a clockmaker store and he would synchronize his watch with the clock that stood in the window. And the clockmaker watched him do this for several weeks and one day he came out and he struck up a conversation with him and he asked him what he did for a living. And the man admitted reluctantly that he worked as the timekeeper at the nearby factory and that his malfunctioning watch made it necessary to constantly be readjusted. Since it was his job to ring the closing bell every day at 4 o'clock, he would synchronize his watch with the clock in that window to guarantee he was right. Well, he told the clockmaker this, and the clockmaker began to laugh. And he said, well, I hate to tell you this, but my clock doesn't work well either. And I've been adjusting it every day to the bell that I hear in the afternoon from the factory at 4 o'clock. See, that is such a great picture of the society that we live in. When you affirm the truth, the clock of your life will always be accurate because it will be set to God's timepiece. Because the word of God is never wrong. Finally, there is a deliverance when we accept the truth. See, truth is not just for our heads. Truth is also for our heart. John 8.32, Jesus said, You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. You know, I've been talking about absolutes. You know, the word absolute comes from two Latin words, ab, meaning from, and solver, meaning to set free. So absolute literally means to set free from. 
And that's the purpose of truth. It's to set us free. And there might be some of you listening today that that you are stuck and you are in the chains and these shackles and you don't want to admit it. And you're in the bondage of booze or bitterness and you're you're latched onto lust or, or you're locked in the jails of jealousy and the prisons of pride. And there is only one key to unlock the door. There is only one way to set you free and that is the key of truth. You see, there are four truths that will set you free from any prison you are stuck in. There's the truth of salvation. The absolute truth that anybody can be saved by God's grace through faith. It's a gift that anyone and everyone can have. There's also a truth about sin. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And every single one of us need to be saved. There's a truth about self. You no longer have to be controlled by you. The old you can die and be replaced by you. For in 2 Corinthians it says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away and the new has come. And fourth, there's a truth about Satan. Satan can no longer have dominion over you for greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Paul Harvey once told about an experiment and involved this chimpanzee. And scientists were determined to teach it to read and to communicate and write on paper. For 14 years, they diligently, patiently worked with this chimpanzee, providing things in its cage to enable it to form syllables. And finally, the day arrived when it seemed that the chimpanzee was actually going to construct a sentence from all the symbols it was learning. Word got out and scientists flew in from all over the world to gather around this cage. And they watched as symbols were formed into words and written into a sentence. And finally, the first message from the world's most pampered, most cared for, most patiently trained chimpanzee in history was about to come forth. The scientists could hardly contain themselves as they pressed around the cage to read this historic-making sentence. And you know what the chimpanzee wrote? Three words. Let me out. I can tell you the truth today. If you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, He takes the keys of salvation. He unlocks the shackles of sin and self and Satan and He will set you free. (laughs) He will let you out. And the great news is when you are free, when He sets you free, you will be free indeed. And my friends, That is the truth. So let me ask you as we close, do you need to accept that truth today? Do you need to accept Jesus as your Savior? Because it all begins when you surrender your life to Him. So if that's what you need, I invite you to come. Come by the church this week and visit with me. Stop by and call me, talk to me, but let this week be the week that you are set free from sin and death and receive life everlasting. Would you pray with me? Father God, we thank you for your truth. The truth that we can rely on each and every day. The truth that we can trust in every situation. The truth that tells us you are God. 
and you are the one and only way to heaven and salvation. Lord, help us to live in that truth. But more importantly, help us to share that truth with people who so desperately need it. We pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen.